Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys, welcome back to the Golf Podcast. This is episode number 328. We're going to tackle a doozy of a, uh, of a topic in our instructional segment later. We're going to talk about club path, swing direction. Okay. You know, and I look, can get into that. I, I think so. And, and and the thing I want to get, if I get anything out of this for you guys, it's that first of all, if you're if you're new to the show, if you're new to the podcast, um, we're not instructors, we're not professional golfers. Um, so I would say if you want a very in-depth description of this, you may want to <laughs> consult your local pro. But exactly. I think if I can bring anything out of this, it would be my hope of saying I had trouble understanding this for a while. And if we can kind of tell you what made it click at least with me like what i and i know we you didn't get a chance to talk about this but for from my standpoint mike i had some things that kind of helped it click for me and i understood it better and then i'm hoping to be able to disseminate that to you guys so that if it if it clicks with some of you because it can be a little bit of a of a tricky confusing thing out to in into out outside in like all right what does that mean right right Right? but once you start to understand and have a a fundamental knowledge of things like this just the 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 very basic physics of how that club interacts with the ball uh it it does help because you can start to get a feel for it and and things that a lot of us as amateur golfers we struggle with are for example being very frustrated like you don't know what's going wrong when you're out there Mm -hmm. and you're just like i I don't know how to fix it but as you start to gain that understanding you can look at certain cues like maybe it's your divot pattern or whatever it is and start to gauge okay i i see what i'm doing and you can correct it and that's that's a trait of some really good golfers some really good golfers may have a bad hole or two but they write the ship quicker than some of your newer golfers who may take a lot of time, you know, struggling through it and may not even regain it during the same round. Right. So I think that that's going to be important. We're going to dive into all that, but I also want to talk about uh, the PGA Tour being back. Pretty cool to see. Pretty cool to see. And and speaking of which, before we dive into it, we want to thank uh, our sponsors, Titleist, whether it's a tour level shaping and feel of the T100 or the powerful playable distance of the T200, the maximum speed and forgiveness of the T300. The Titleist T-Series lineup of irons are power-packed with performance, but all that innovation goes in for one reason, to help Titleist players put lower numbers on the scorecard. We've been gaming them now for our second season. It's really incredible how much they've helped our game. Speaking of which, I have just been loving when I need that longer iron and going to my T300s in the four and five iron, that extra forgiveness Mm -hmm. just lets me send it a little bit more and and worry a little bit less about my dispersion. And then with the T200s for the rest of the bag, I just feel a lot more dialed in. I've got that confidence I'm after. So you guys got to check them out. Visit Titleist.com to learn more about the T-Series irons. And if you, you've heard us say here on the show before, we strongly encourage getting out there, getting a fitting, because that's where you're really going to learn. And I never would have thought yep. to mix my bag with T200, yeah, T300 without the guidance of Kevin during that, mm-hmm. that, that fitting. So definitely check that out. Go to Titleist.com. Um, so, Mike, what was your take on, on the PGA Tour being back in a different way with no fans? I thought it was almost the same during the actual play. But when there was a good shot or a good result, there was no reaction. Yeah. That's where it got weird for me. I mean, the guys still they did their thing. Yeah. It was a stacked field. They all played great. You know, It was a, a really nice uh, 
bottleneck at the top for a while with, mm-hmm. with, with, with a bunch of big the wire. it really did so i mean overall it was it was great um the no fans was like i said kind of weird the bryson seemed to be a big story with his size big big is yeah exactly the right? operative word exactly there. he got big he bulked up i mean i remember when he on his personal instagram um he did an ig live way back in like april and march and uh he took people through his fridge yeah and he had like all kinds of meat that's all it was just meat <laughs> that's yeah, it i mean he went in with the goal of bulking up and i'd be interested to find out how much of his power because he showed a ton of power i mean they're saying he was averaging like 20 or 30 yards more off the tee than everybody else in the field i don't know how much of that relates to the bulk versus other types of work he was putting in sure but but boy i mean he's he's going to be a powerhouse on tour that's for sure especially as the tour becomes more and more where distance is so important and to compete at that level but it at the end of the day, you had Berger winning the thing who doesn't wow anybody with his distance. And I never he took saw down that. a huge field. Yeah, he really did. Huge field. It was like a, ma- a major type field yeah. without Tiger and stuff. But you had all the big names Rory, there. Rory, Phil, Speed, DJ. DJ. So, I mean, you know, overall, it was great to see. The lip out on the playoff was rough to watch. That was tough. That was that one hurts. Any anybody who's ever held a golf club in their hands felt for. <sighs> I don't know how that, that ball one. did not drop. I know it went all the way around. <laughs> all the yeah, way around. That's cruel. It it was, but it was it was interesting. And I thought, speaking of the no fans, it was kind of cool seeing the players engaging with each other, supporting each yep. other. Uh, you know, good shot here, or there. Insert expli- expletive for for uh, <laughs> for Brooks <laughs> Brooks <Right Kepka. laughs> Um and but he just thing, doesn't care. He doesn't. No. Now, did you see? So they had they had Rory mic'd up. Rory, I'm sorry, not Ricky, Rory. They had Ricky, Ricky, Ricky mic'd up. Yep. Which I thought was cool. They had an extra dynamic. He was the only guy that agreed to it. He was the only yep. guy. You know, they ended up they they offered it to everyone in the field, and he's the only one. Which I understand. These guys are professionals. They want to be concentrating on what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ricky just is is a type of guy who can walk that line. That's so he's he's good at. Would you do it? <sighs> I would. I mean, we're used to it. We're, we we're not used it. to like wearing a mic, but we're used we'll to talking. We'll take two to mics, two cameras. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it was kind of cool. They even had him with that that really slim, like on his back. Yeah. Because I, when I was watching the the match part two with with uh, Tiger and Phil, mm-hmm. that I don't know if I would do. I mean, these guys were super mic'd up. Do you remember they had two transmitters yeah. on them, and then they had that earpiece in that wasn't working right. for Brady, and it was, and then they were hearing and they were talking in the backswing. That I don't think I could. I could do. I don't have that concentration. Right. Yeah. But um, I can't have announcers talking to me while I'm swinging. Right. I'm bad enough in silence. But I tell you what, you do <laughs> need a guy as even tempered as 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 Ricky to need. pull that off mm-hmm. because some of those guys you yeah. couldn't right. you couldn't do it. Right. And then you got the kind of like the hybrid of that which you're seeing on the European tour where they'll they're not wearing a mic but they're they are often actively interviewed during their round mm-hmm. uh they introduced that what like, i think two seasons ago where they, the the yeah. uh, mm-hmm. correspondents will go up to them as they're walking from t to, to the ball and they'll they'll interview them and in there too they have to get the consent of the player because there's some guys that's just going to take their head out of the game so right. they can't do it um but other ones they're in it but i think it did it had a cool dynamic and i think that's the way they should proceed is that it, on a voluntary basis if someone wants to do it I doubt many of them will do it for a major, but for some of these other right, events, yeah, I doubt it. Um, and they were excited to have golf back as much as we were. Yeah, so. and hopefully there's no negative, you know, anything coming out of it. Hopefully everyone stayed safe and it worked. And the PGA Tour is like, great, we'll move on to next week, and then move on to next week, and all of a sudden we're back and Wingfoot and everything is right on schedule. That's it. That's, That's it. Just like the for. rest of us. I mean, us all of us as golfers is what we're doing. Of course, we're going to the course with our mask on. We're yep. following the rules or whatever it may be. Not touching those Still flags. Not touching you know? flags. Sure. So it, it's just something we all got to do it. 
and I think just everybody understands it's a level playing field. It is what it is. But speaking of of playing, you and I got to play a fun match. We we played at Mansion Ridge, which is a, it's an, a favorite of ours, uh, a course that if you're anywhere in Connecticut, North Jersey, New York, uh, it's about what would you say? It's about an hour drive uh, north of New York City. Yeah, it's at up most. in Monroe, New right. York. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Nicholas Design Course, always in pristine condition. We love playing there. They have been open for you know since they are allowed to open. Uh, probably a month ago and they even had been open before new jersey so a lot of people were coming up from jersey but uh we got that that real dawn patrol yeah tea time 609 609 got to the course at 550 i'm sorry no 530 530 yeah. got, got there but i'll tell you what that's why i love this time of year man when it is daylight from i mean sun yeah. came up that morning like 520 you just can't beat that. It's just bonus golf. It's bonus golf. Yeah. It's like in Scotland when it was up at four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it went down at like 11. 11. It was yeah, crazy. That, that was that was tremendous. But we got out there. We got to have fun. And then what we talk about here on the podcast often is saying like that sco- that number on the scorecard, it, it's easy to get hyper-focused as that being our single goal. Like a lot of people say, when you ask right on the spot, you ask a golfer, what's your goal? And they're like, oh, break 80, you know, or something like that. Right. And unfortunately, you, there's a lot to unpack to get to that point. You know, there's, there's, when you set that goal, it's, it's not a narrow enough goal for me, mm-hmm. for me to really focus and, and actually do something about the score. And really when that becomes your only focus is the score, really all it comes down to is if you happen to be having a good round that day, you get down towards the, you know, 18th hole or 17th hole, you start looking at the scorecard and you're like, what do I got to do right. in order to, to, right. you know, yeah. but what we yeah. did was, and this will, this is something that we will dive into much deeper uh, in a future episode, after we, we we're putting this video together for you guys, we'll have it out in a couple of weeks. But we talk a lot about stats. We talk about the importance of keeping certain stats, and we said, "What are a couple of very very important stats that every golfer needs to focus on?" And we we narrowed it down to what, Mike? Just two: fairways and green. Well, three. Sorry, fairways and regulation, greens and regulations, and putting. And putting. Right. And not. So what we did is did a simple scoring system: one point for every fairway you hit. One point for every green you hit in regulation, and then subtract one point for every three putt. And that's where it got really interesting because we right. found that those are the main keys to see what your scorecard is going to be. Right. And it, it changed. I mean, we'll dive into it deeper, but it changed things for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, it changed a lot because we weren't, we were second guessing driver sometimes or different clubs and, and how we were going to lay up or go for it or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, there were certain holes where we weren't doing this challenge. I was easily hitting driver there, but yeah. instead I hit six iron. Right. So, it, and, and it led to a better result because obviously if you find more fairways, technically you'll find more greens. If you find more greens, you're going to score better. Yes. And I, I found that just by narrowing my focus a little bit, instead of, kind of having this like no real clear goal on a hole where it's just like, okay, you step up to a par four and your only goal is, is four, is, is right. make par. Instead, just being able to focus on one goal at a time and the first one was just like, what do I got to do to put the ball in the fairway? Yep. And then after I did that, the next thing was like, okay, what do I got to do to put the ball on the green? Right. And then I'm on the green and what do I got to do to avoid that three putt? And I would think more about my lag putt and stuff like that. And then it would happen. Sometimes right. it would happen. I three putt, I lose my point and I'm like- yep. <laughs> all right. Well, what do I learn from this and move on? Right. 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 So that's all important stuff. We're having some. I see G- producer Jeremy's having some technical difficulties behind us. So you got black yeah. screen behind yeah. us. Just at this point, just turn it You'll off. You'll get the fancy <laughs> logo back at some point, but you can just turn it yeah, off. Yeah. So anybody who's watching the podcast on YouTube sees that 
you get to see everything behind us on the screen here. Yeah. You got Ronnie's logo. Let's just do Ronnie's show. Put, Ronnie's, put uh, Ronnie up. We'll do Ronnie's show. <laughs> um, all right. I but, want to uh, yes. I want to dive into this week's Twitter tap-in, and okay. then we'll start talking about swing path and direction and Twitter tap-in. It's an equipment question that's going to be really fun to, to get into a little bit. Uh, this week's Twitter tap tapkin is brought to you by DraftKings. Uh, week two, golf's here to stay. And even though the trophy is reserved for the winner, the big ca cash prizes don't have to be. To add to the excitement, DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, is putting you at the center of the action with a free shot at a million dollars. Who doesn't want to hear Seriously, that? Come on. Play all the golf you want when you put that million dollars all in the your pocket. Uh, they got million dollars in prizes in your with, you know, with your first deposit. It's easy to play. Just pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, submit your lineup uh, for the tournament. Before the tournament tees off on Thursday, you sit back and watch the action. That's another thing I love about uh, fantasy golf. It's far less confusing than fantasy baseball, stuff like that. Seriously. You just pick your six. And you run with and them. And that's it. Um, you know, the more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Uh, so rack up your points for pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Uh, and in the time of limited sports, this is your chance to, to scratch that competitive itch and reign supreme. So download the DraftKings app now. Use that code TGP. 20 easy to remember the golf podcast 20 ggp 20 during sign up um draft kings is putting you in the action with, like i said with a free shot at a million millions of dollars in prizes that's code tgp uh and you get a free shot by just check, checking that out so minimum deposit five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply so see draftkings.com for details we got to get you like a little voice for that minimum five dollar question do you remember when <laughs> I, I mean this this is my like data you say micro machine yeah micro, yeah that, that's what i think of every time what was his name like micro mike or something i something like that was it i thought it was just a micro machine man yeah but he he was like big in the 80s like he, he was did, huge yeah. he did micro we remember micro machines but he did like everything he like did he everything. had a run at commercials oh, yeah. he just banged if somebody remembers who that guy's name was who spoke really fast he's in, in a movie 80s, too Put, drop yeah, it in the just comments. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, because I've got. I'm, I, I gotta, I'm sure a Google Mike. search will figure it out. Easily, but. easily. All right, so. This week's Twitter tap, and first, like I said, if you're not following us already on golf on Twitter, follow us at Golfissy so you can jump into the Twitter tap. And uh, and this is a question that kind of hits home for me because I made this change not too long ago. But this week's Twitter tap, and we asked hybrids or long irons, which do you play, and why do you play it? So a lot of good responses. Um, speaking, we'll start off right at the top with the with producer Jeremy over there. He said long irons all day. Can't the hot can't hit a hybrid for my life. Uh, and I, I and I don't know yeah. why. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That was a story that I was saying just a couple of years ago before I got fit for it. And the other thing, too, is one caveat to this is I don't think it has to be all or none. A lot of people think if they're putting hybrids in the bag, they're putting they're putting they're replacing their three iron, their four iron. You know, what I mean, they're putting two hybrids. I have one. Yep. And same. I rely on it. I, I just took the three iron and, and that was my favorite club. You know, if you remember, I, I used to say it really took in that fitting Kevin pushing me out of my comfort zone to have me hit it. But then he's like, you can't argue with it now, Frank. He's like, you're getting more distance and more height than you were with your three iron, you know, and you still have your four for certain situations where I like that. You know, I get stuck in the trees. Sure. I got to punch it out. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's like, you could punch it out with your hybrid, but I, I you like don't miss that three iron. I don't. And the reason I don't is because you and I lately have been especially been playing a lot of long par threes. Yes. So, I, I mean, two, two fifteen, two oh five, stuff like that. And because I'm getting more control and more height out of my hybrid, I'm able to get after those greens a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was get, covering the distance with my three iron before, but it was a it wasn't quite as forgiving. 
And look, I don't have a perfect swing. You know, I need that forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, the little bit of height helps me hold the ball a little bit better. So it's just one of those things. There's not going to be a right answer for everybody. Um, It's really why it comes down to personal, you know, choice and also fittings. Like really, that's why I like the fitting because if it was up to me, I never would have even tried one. Mm -hmm. And this kind of forced me into it. But what were some of your your favorite answers there? Well, it's funny. We'll start off with... uh the pin high boys, uh, this is probably Patrick who says, uh, is there a better feeling than flushing a long iron? Iron, the answer is no. <laughs> and I agree with that. I mean, it's mine true. was right below because I weighed another. So I used to be a big hybrid guy and I, I figured out how to compress those long irons and I'm loving the four iron over the hybrid. Maven. swap out the H21 for a three iron pretty soon. So we don't know. You know, sometimes you just, you feel good. You feel good now how you're hitting your irons and you're like, all right, well, I, I all of a sudden lost. I went the other way than you did. I was big, big hybrid. All yeah, you hybrids. were. You I had two in the bag. Two in the bag, yeah. Um, but I just have no use for it. I look at my shot scope data usage. I probably use it once every three rounds. Yeah. Barely ever take it out. Because a hybrid to me is like that 240 club. And my four irons, like the 220 club, and the, and the three woods, like the 250. Like there's just, I know I don't find myself in a position at 240, 235 very often. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, where would we? Other than like one long par three, like you said. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, the positions I'm using it in is... Uh, occasionally off the tee, but a you're tight just off fairway. the tee on a par four. If, if it's I short, need to hit a tight which fairway, I will definitely not use it for. I'll yeah. do it. Or I mean, sometimes depending on what we're playing, it's sometimes if I get to a point where I, I poke a drive and I've got a reachable par five, okay. where yep. two twenty, two thirty mm-hmm. out, I, I'll pull out the hybrid because I have more control over it than my three would, okay. especially if I'm going after a green. Right. Or you and I have played some long courses, um, especially remember when we played Pound Ridge from the tips, and there was a lot of par fours where I was hitting the hybrid as my second shot, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, especially when you start playing these 410 yard, 430 yard par fours, um, you start finding that you use it, but it really all depends. Um, at 808 hacker says hybrid is more forgiving and easier to manipulate shots for him. So hey, look, those two things you can't argue with. Um, Colin Ryder seven says so happy just ordered my ping G four ten two hybrid and should get it in a few days. So nice. it's it really seems to be split down the middle. Uh, Connor Bishop says long irons. Simply uh, put, I just hit irons much better and more consistently. So I mean that's what I mean. Like it's gonna be whatever. All I can say if I give any bit of my own two cents, it would be if you're saying because just I'm saying this is the position I used to be in like three seasons ago. If you're saying you hit your irons better and more consistently, do you have a basis to compare that on? Have you hit both? And have you given the other club the real time it deserves? Yeah. Because like I could say, I leading into this, I had hit hybrid like twice in my life. Right. So I'm like, of course I hit my irons more consistently because I don't really have any practice with the hybrid. And even with the hybrid, I had to trust it. I got fit for it. It wasn't something that was like immediate. I had to take it out there for a couple of rounds and then all of a sudden... It just got got that feel. Mm-hmm. So all I'm really saying is there's not going to be a right answer one or the other. But if you do the due diligence of at least testing it with both, uh, you know you're not leaving something on the table. Because it's easy to assume that what's working for you now works for you now. Um, Matt Savage says, I play a Ben Hogan 3 and 4 hybrid. More forgiving and better distance uh, control for me. Big shout out to Matt. I believe he is... Um military and they're shipping them out to korea soon so matt thanks for your service i know you wrote in the other day so appreciate it man that's cool um the this one here i like scott i I have hybrids in the bag over long irons but my results tell me i shouldn't bother with either (laughs) (laughs) so he just doesn't trust his long game at all so scott get to the range come on Uh, nathan brun says i have a hybrid but wish i had a long iron i can't seem to get it dialed in so that's interesting so that's what i'm saying like 
it's not going to be right for everybody. It's not going to be a forgiving club for everyone. Some people, it's going to be. It could be even just the look. If if, That's if right, you yeah. like the streamlined look at at a at an iron, it might be better for you. But the one benefit I would say before you quit on it, Nathan, uh, a benefit of hybrid over an iron is that they usually a modern hybrid, the shaft is going to be a little bit more swappable yeah you know it's a lot like you know your your three wood or your driver where you should be able to swap them out like i said if it's a more modern one and often i've found that it it's it's the wrong shaft is what's causing those disasters so sometimes before you give up on something you can go in, and that's another reason like i said i like a fitting a good fitter is not just a salesman he's not just gonna try to sell you all new stuff a good fitter's gonna be like all right, you like that head, you're hitting that head well, let's swap some shafts out and see if we can dial this thing in. Yeah. Because we learned that in our fitting. We saw with the same head, you know, just changing the shaft and that dispersion went right to the center. Right, yeah. Right, it's mm-hmm. such a difference. So that's a big one. Um, let's see, any other ones here that stood out? Let's see. Uh, Gary Ganji says, I play a 15 degree and a 17 degree, thinking about putting a three iron in the bag. Um, I have a 19 degree that he never uses. So that, that's that's great because that is when you have that awareness. And that's why I like us using shot scope or whatever you're using to kind of track your statistics. Look at your usage because if you're wasting one of those 14 slots, get it out and get something yeah. else. Or if money's not an issue, you know, uh, even during our fitting with Kevin, he was a big proponent of getting that 15th club. Uh, so you might get the hybrid and the long iron. Again, I know things are expensive, but if you're making the investment, get them both because we play different courses. Right, exactly. And if you look at the course ahead of time and say, you can kind of feel for which one you might need that day. That's what the tour pros do. Exactly. Now their equipment, they've got yeah. unlimited access Take to. a 52, a 57, and yeah. a 61 today. Exactly. <laughs> but it's not a bad idea. You don't have to say all or none. You can have both and then you can change them out based on course conditions, based on how you're hitting them. Exactly. Right. You know, kind of dial it in. So, so many responses. Make sure you guys check out our uh, our Twitter so you can see this. You can use that hashtag uh, Twitter tap in to see all the responses. We can't, obviously don't have time to shout them all out, but we do appreciate everyone's responses. And it's a great conversation. If nothing else, like I said, it gets the wheels turning. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, are you going to get a haircut before Pinehurst, do you think? Dude, yes. Because you've got a, an early 90s full house Uncle Jesse thing going this. on back Look at there. This. Hold on. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, that's awesome. Look at it. Gotta, you you could grow that this. thing deep, deep I, into pine. I'm like, I'm at that critical tipping point where I, do I go mullet? No. <laughs> I'm kidding. So get <laughs> this. Great. I'm finally, after four months, getting a haircut Saturday. Perfect. So before our next round, I'll have a haircut. But it, it's still wild. I mean, here in New York, you know, they got to do the safety things. Yep. But I had, I had two haircuts canceled during this thing. And she's like, just you know the person who does my hair she's like i know you've been canceled so i'm trying to put you right on the head of the right. list right so she's like she has to wear a mask and gloves i have to wear a mask during the haircut i'm like how do you do that she's like i'll work around it when i get there i have to call her from the parking lot she has to come out to my car she has to take my temperature interesting then i have to sign a waiver saying that i don't have any symptoms then i'm allowed to go in and they're only allowed to have like two people in at, at a time and then but we're gonna get this done Good. Yeah, I love thanks. it. Thanks. It's great. <laughs> you said that same thing when we were hey, out I'm there jealous of the hair, but still. 
All uh, right, let's do a let's, let's do a word do from it. our sponsors, then we'll just talk a little bit about this uh, club path swing direction. Yeah, definitely. So, guys, the all new Shotscope V3s are coming. I mean, we've got ours. We played with them. We're obsessed with them. Frank, you couldn't stop raving about them on the course yesterday. Uh, it's, it's I mean, I was I was a big fan of the V2, and then this is just like psh, yeah, took it right mind to the blown. Next level. So, uh, if you're one of the current Shotscope users and you missed the pre-launch because it's closed now, that window for all of you new to the Shotscope stat tracking watch, July sixth is your launch date. Visit shotscope.com. And the minute you go to that website, you're going to be asked to put in your email address right there on the front page. You will automatically um, be ent- um, sent a note the minute it drops. So you don't have to keep checking when is it available, is it available yet. The minute it drops, you get an email in your inbox and then boom, you click the link and you can buy it. Um, once you get yours, join the Golf City leaderboard. The code is G-I-C-I-T-Y. And Frank, did you know there's 353 people on that leaderboard? <laughs> it's been really cool. A lot of people have been like kind of messaging and DMing, like, "What's the code?" Right. Demand? So it's, it's growing. Been great seeing people get in there. Yeah. So because it's growing, I don't want you guys to just join it and nothing happen out of it. So I want to give a shout out real quick to, and I don't know if it's male or female. They just has C is the first initial, the first name, and then Agnew. So I don't know if you're a boy or girl, but C Agnew is leading in scoring on the Golf City uh, leaderboard this year. So far, he's got five rounds. He or she five rounds under the belt this year. And they've been even par all five. Wow. So brilliant, brilliant work. Huge shout out to you. And uh, speaking of ShotScope, guys, I spoke with Gavin today, our friend Gavin from ShotScope. And I asked him, I go, were you able to get out yet? And he goes, I got three rounds in, three nine-hole rounds. And he goes, get this. He goes, my first round back, I went minus three. And then my second round, plus three. And the third round, plus four. So I'm getting progressively worse. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I would take all three of those yeah, scores. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's just an amazing golfer. golfer yeah. uh, and lastly, just want to thank FootJoy. Guys, wearing the right shoe, uh, it matters for your golf game. That's why FootJoy offers more types of shoes for more types of players than anybody else. You can get matched with the right shoe for your game on footjoy.com with the footjoy shoe finder by answering just a few short questions i mean you're going to easily find the the one that fits your style and your preference whether you walk or ride preferred cleats or spikeless ultra stable or flexible if you need a narrow shoe or if you need a wide or an extra extra wide hey whatever foot you have footjoy has you covered they got you covered with all different types of styles so match the shoe what's perfect for your game uh check them out at footjoy.com slash shoe finder that was easy enough. Easy enough. All right, so let's just talk a little bit about Club Path. Um, and again, this is one of those things that, like some of the other instructional topics that we've been doing, sometimes if it's a visual that you need, make sure you check out the show notes. You can get to those by going to golfacy.com slash episode, what are we at here? 328. Episode 328. And then you, you'll see we got some good graphics and things like that in there. But again, it comes back to just gaining that basic understanding of the physics of how this works can kind of help you when you're struggling, can kind of help you understand the fundamentals and also can help you to stop you from working against yourself. And I think by that, what I mean is that a lot of people, they try so hard to have this swing path that's like uh, like a straight line from behind the ball and then through the ball. And the reality is very few golfers actually hit the ball like that. And uh, and we, we talk a lot about, especially new golfers, like how do I hit it straight? And the reality is that a perfectly straight flight doesn't happen that often. Mm-hmm. You know, you even look at the pros. Everybody's got some sort of curve to the ball. Right. You know, and the, the difference obviously being whether that curve is controlled and intentional or if it's just wild and erratic. But so speaking about club path, I mean, let's first just kind of understanding it. If you 
define it by first understanding the target line. So figure the target line is just like a straight line going from the ball towards your target. And I think a good way to think about this is almost just think about your golf ball being at the center of a, a clock. If you had a clock on the floor, right? And the golf ball's at the center and, and 12 is, is directly across from you. Like you're looking down at a clock. A, a straight through swing path would be almost going from three to nine o'clock, mm-hmm. right? Just kind of going straight through. So nine would be where wherever your target is. That would be just moving through. But like I said, that doesn't happen as often as you think. And I say that and I repeat that because especially some of the newer golfers out there might be really almost working against their natural own mechanics to try to make that happen where they're perfectly coming through to make that ball go straight. Right. It's not something that necessarily needs to happen. In fact, most players swing across that line in some way, either inside out or outside in. And those are other things that can kind of be confusing terms. I know that for some reason, I had a mental block on this forever when I thought outside in, inside out, like which one means what? But First, if you could just gain that understanding of, of knowing that you don't have to strive for this perfect, uh, you know, th- three o'clock to nine o'clock move through the ball. You can, you can still put the ball on your target. You can still keep it traveling relative to the target straight. It just might have a little bit of a turn on it mm-hmm. one way or the other. And also, this comes from that own awareness that you should have as a golfer of saying, what is your natural shot shape? Because we're all different. We all have different bodies. We move differently. If your natural shot shape is a slight fade, unless you have a very specific reason to move away from that, if you're losing a lot of distance or there's something else, of course, I'm going to be an advocate of learning different shot shapes as you progress in the game. But first, just start by just not working against yourself. If that's your shot shape, you know, kind of lean into that Mm -hmm. a little bit. Because sometimes we make make the game harder than it needs to be. And we, we actually like take ourselves in the wrong direction we try to do things that are working against our nature so that's an important thing to understand um now understanding that connection of once that club you know as that club path moves through the ball what is the connection to that ball flight and obviously face angle is going to be a big part of this and how that angle you know the face is angled relative to the ball as it moves through so um Again, you have to you have to kind of think of this as like that clock. So if we thought of it as a clock and understanding that, first let's talk about the out to in. And there's a couple of ways to to think about this. If you're keeping using with our our clock reference, an out to in would be almost like coming at it from two o'clock and exiting at like eight o'clock. Now, I understand that's a little bit might be a little bit more dramatic, but I'm I'm working with what I got. I here. see what you got. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I I the way I started to understand it is just think out to in, I think of like the second half of it in, if that club face is moving in towards your body, that's an out to in. So if it's, if as it's coming through, if it's going, if it's moving in towards you, that's outside to inside. I always thought it was in, you're moving in to out as you follow through. Well, I'm talking about the, as like, as it's a kind of a follow through, like let's, so let's talk about after the, the club face leaves the ball. If that club face is moving in towards you, that's out, out to, to in. in. Got it. So you're right. starting out and moving in. Correct. The other way would be an in to out club path. So now if that club face is moving, is in towards you, and as it makes connection, the club face is moving out away from you, that's an in to out. Which can create that fade or slice for a righty. Right. So that's going to create, yes, you're going to create a little bit of that that fade. Got but it. also uh, an out to in is going to create that that slice because you're going to come down and across that ball. 
an in to out would usually create a little bit more of a draw gotcha. or a hook okay, if now it's I'm dramatic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's one thing to, to really understand. So if we're using that clock analogy, an out, an in to out, in to out is going to be something like a four to 10 o'clock. And would you think, would you say that, is it safe to say that some golfers, even you or me, have different swings for different clubs? Like for the long clubs, I'm an out to in. And then I, I notice I like to draw my short wedges. I might swing them a little differently. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Once you understand it and you want to control it, and once you start taking control of it, yes, you're going to do certain degrees of this as you shot shape. So if you want to So you're not a one and only, you're not an only out to in golfer swing. Well, I guess saying that everyone has kind of a natural swing that if you just swung, you're not even thinking about what club is in your hand or what type of shot you're trying to hit, you're going to have some sort of natural path. And I'm saying it's rare that it's going to be a square club path. Square is where it goes right through, like that three to nine. It's going to be one of these. Now, you as a golfer are going to manipulate that and change that in different ways depending on the shot that you're faced with. And if you want to change the shot there, it's maybe different. So you may want to hit a you know a fading drive but a little bit more of a draw on your on your wedge right so you're going to change this you're going to manipulate it in one way or the other i'm trying to start from that base point of just understanding it yep. so as especially for our newer golfers so you can understand like why is something happening what are the physics behind it so if you're coming from that out to in where you're coming down across the ball from outside to inside that's usually going to impart that side spin Right, so I'm thinking from a righty standpoint, it's going to get that ball spinning uh, clockwise, which is going to cause it to turn to the right. If you're in to out, that's going to come across the ball the other direction, spinning it the other way. Now we're spinning counterclockwise, which is going to cause that draw. Mm-hmm. Right. So again, doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It's all how dramatic it is. If you're dramatically in to out or out to in, you're going to cause these far less predictable, far less repeatable turn on the ball but that little bit that might cause just a little bit of a turn a little bit of an arc you see it on the pga tour everyone's you know it's happening at the highest levels the fact is when it's repeatable and controllable so effectively if you find that you're a little out to in or a little into out if it's not creating a problem and it's repeatable and it feels natural to you you don't have to put in a ton of time to make it completely square Mm -hmm. in fact like you may be hurting yourself if you do that right so if you do, though, identify that there is an issue here and you're saying, like, I'm too much one way or the other and, and whatever, or, if, or maybe, again, why it's good to understand the terminology and how it works is you might work with a swing coach and the swing coach might be like, hey, I'm noticing like you're really, you know, out to in or inside out, whatever. That's when if you know that you can start to say, OK, how do I apply and how do mm-hmm. I work on it? And one big thing you can do to your swing path, and this kind of like lights me up right now because I'm working so heavily on this is improving your takeaway. So the takeaway is that first couple of moments as you start to bring the club back, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, it's obviously well before the transition at the top happens and you start coming down. And I'll give you the honest truth. I never even gave a thought to my takeaway. It was just kind of like this starting point and I just thought the rest of the swing really happens on the downswing mm-hmm. and whatever. What's changed my mind is like, as I really start to dive into this was like, for example, like I said, diving into like, I've been really studying Ben Hogan's swing. I, I, I think of his as like a beacon of like simplicity and, and it's just like a really perfect swing in a lot of ways, if you can even say there is one. So I'm reading his book. It's, you know, the five lessons and one whole lesson. So a fifth of the book is just on the takeaway. And as you start to understand and how he describes that, how that sets everything up, he talks about in the book a lot how um, 
when a swing goes wrong, it's because you've got a lot of compensations you have to make. Mm -hmm. So if you get that club into the wrong spot in different parts of the swing, your body has to make compensations to right. fix it, right? Mm -hmm. If you start to rely on compensations, what's going to happen is you're going to have those erratic rounds. You're not going to have that consistency we all chase after. Mm -hmm. Because what's going to happen is some days your compensations are going to be on and some days they're going to be off. So if you're going to rely on that, you got to be ready for that. But if you can start to get it where there's a very repeatable, very simple takeaway, what that's going to do is it's going to set that club up for where it needs to be so you don't need to make a bunch of co uh, compensations during your transition mm -hmm. and the downswing. So one thing you can do, use a mirror. Uh, there's a lot of different drills you can do. I've seen ones where you like kind of roll a ball away from you. I've seen ones with towels. Uh, I've been working on a little bit with the um, – uh, what's it called with the with the rubber band? The uh, the it, what's what's that device? All of a sudden, it slips my mind. Oh, the yeah, the plane mate. The plane mate, yeah, mm -hmm. right? Something that gives you that physical feedback of where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. I found that what happened was I was coming back way too steep, and because my takeaway set me up to be steep. I, I was coming in with that really steep shaft plane, and then what was happening was I had nowhere to go. I'd got to get jammed up and have to lift up a little bit. And that would cause me sometimes to hit it fat right. or whatever it may be. So by trying to shallow out my takeaway, I found that my swing plane came through more shallow. Mm -hmm. Because as you're bringing it back, you're all you're basically doing is winding the body up at that point and just having it come back along the same plane. But if you come back in a different plane, now, of course, you're always going to get like a guy like Jim Furyk who can do all this crazy stuff, but right. then come back to the right position. But that's the exception, not the rule. So this is where you can do that. So, so working on that kind of a very simple, quiet takeaway, also not getting the hands too involved, letting the rotation of the of the uh, the upper body just just move you towards that takeaway, that can really help. So if you find, whether it's out to in or into out, if you find you're, you're kind of erratic in that contact, start with your takeaway first. Makes sense. And simplify. We saw this with Butch Harmon working with Ricky Fowler. I was just going to say, and you and I have both kind of adopted that Pre-shot in our pre-shot yes. routine of just taking the club back halfway and as then that resetting. little reminder. Yes, and now I've I've actually taken it one step further. This is the last couple of rounds where I've been doing as part of my pre-shot is do the takeaway to feel it and then the follow-through to feel it. Because the other thing that that I started getting so hyper-focused on the takeaway and I was coming you know coming back nicely that I forgot about the follow-through and mm -hmm. I would cut across it and that's when I was dramatically going with that out to in uh -huh. and then the ball was just and right. I never play a fade and or a slice and it was just like all over the place so obviously all these components work together but start with that takeaway work on just getting that down to a science and then you'll find that you don't have to worry about it as much but that was the thing with with Ricky Fowler he attained the level he attained because he's just incredibly talented and he had great timing mm -hmm. but his game was a little bit more erratic. He went to work with Butch. They wanted a little bit more consistency. And that's when you saw them working on that takeaway and the the, the angle that he would bring that club, you know, changing yeah. the, the shallow to whatever. Now you see Ricky before every shot, he just kind of, he mimics his takeaway. Yeah, I, I would say go on YouTube and check out, type in Ricky's swing before Butch side yeah. by side with his current swing. It's right. different. Yeah, And it's only since Butch that you see him do that, that really quick yeah. motion just again just emulating the takeaway he wants and then repeating it when he has his swing but again I, it's so funny the way these things work in golf because we're talking about impact point and moving through and what we're talking about to fix it is the takeaway it's right. like seems like the furthest part away from that impact moment mm -hmm. but you'd be surprised how much a proper setup 
is going to get you there. Um, and speaking of which, another one is just checking your stance. Um, how, and this is where the, the cheapest and most effective uh, training aid out there alignment sticks, simple alignment sticks is going to help you because you want to make sure that you don't have the, you're standing too significantly open or closed. As you start to open or close your stance too much, of course, that is going to change your swing path. And that is going to make that, that change. So like, for example, for you, Mike, you've been really drawing the ball a lot on some of your wedges on the wedges. And if you look your stance, you close your stance way down on your wedges, uh, even to the point where it seems like your feet are aimed way right of target. But what that ends up doing with a closed stance that much is it's really going to, going to accentuate that in to out swing where Mm -hmm. you're coming in by your body and then out. And of course that's going to create that nice, right. Depending like, but if you get it too much, it goes from a a draw to a hook. Just a snap hook. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then of course there's something we're not even bringing into here, which is the, this is just swing path. Assuming that club face stays the same. Once that club face starts moving open and closed, if you combine that with these, that's when you get the snap hooks and the big slices. So, if, for example, if you were to combine an open face with an out to in, now you're really out. Tough to game. In. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> there's a, a lot, lot of variables to, but, out there. But if, if we simplify it a little bit, if we go back to those fundamentals, start with improving that takeaway. Second, check your stance. Make sure that you are are – not too open, too closed. You can put an alignment stick across your toes on the range. Mm-hmm. Just look at it. How are you aligned to your target? You can then, you know, I, I've seen it before where, where people will put the alignment stick through their belt loops in the front and then even hold one to your chest mm-hmm. and just say, where are my feet aligned? Where are my hips aligned? Where are my, my shoulders aligned? And making sure they're, they're working together and not against each other. You get all twisted up like a pretzel. So that's another one. And then a big one is, is, Again, it's always going to come back to this, like Kevin Sprecher always tells us, rotate. rotate. You know, mm-hmm. rotate is so important, um, and just making sure, focusing that your rot, your the way you're swinging that club is through the rotation of the body. Rotating the uh, ideally, it should start from that transition. It should start with hips and then shoulders and then arms and yep. then hands. So you go in that order, right? If you start to do the slide, and again, these things like we talked about in the previous episode it doesn't have to be a dramatic thing it could be just a subtle one but when you start to slide your body left to right that's where you're changing that swing plane Mm -hmm. almost without even knowing it you're just trying to changing your relation to the ball where you are to that ball by doing that so by staying very steady in your in a hopefully a good balanced posture and rotating around that you're going to be able to bring that club through on a much more consistent plane because the other thing too is talk about compensations if you've got a sway in there something is going to have to compensate for it as that ball that club head gets close to the ball if you don't and you start from a consistent movement point you're Mm going to get a more consistent strike every time Mm -hmm. but if you're swaying if you don't sway the exact same way every time yeah and now this is another reason people may say i'm really good on the range but out bad on the course well on the range you have you start from a very consistent spot it's a flat lie right now, you go out on the course, you're faced with downhill lies, side hill lies, whatever it may be. Now, if you're swaying and you've already got your weight moving in a different direction mm-hmm. because you're standing on a hill, it's going to cause even more dramatic. And now you can't hit that shot. Right. Like, I can yeah. hit a flat shot, but I can't, can't hit another. Yeah. So it all comes back to going back to those fundamentals. So kind of wrapping that up, 
work on that takeaway. If this is something that you feel like is, is a struggle for you, you're too outside in or too inside out, start with the takeaway and see if it kind of naturally resolves it. And as far as a good takeaway goes, again, there are countless resources out there, YouTube videos, you can put yourself in front of a mirror. Uh, there are training aids, there are mm -hmm. books, just kind of first fundamentally understanding the takeaway, start there and see how much the problem gets resolved, but also check your stance and check your rotation. And if you, you can put those components together, you will start to see a much more consistent strike. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of, of rotating through the ball, I wanted to tell you, maybe it's a confidence booster, but we've played five rounds now since coming out of quarantine yeah. together and you've gotten progressively better yep. getting through the ball. Just thinking it feels back better because I'm simplifying it. The one thing now that you are doing, which you weren't doing, because you're hitting behind the ball on shots, which I've never seen that before. So I don't know if you're changing anything to get through the ball, and it's altering that. It could very well yeah, be. Yeah, so, but you're getting through. You're not slicing it that much, <laughs> which is great. Look, I mean, I've been I've been trying to change things with my stance. Even It's, it's amazing now. As I'm, This is the first I'm really starting to do a deep dive into things like the fundamentals, reading these books and things like that. And I'm learning the slightest change, what it can make to that that moment of impact. And for me, one of the only changes I'm making is just my right foot closing it down a little bit. Yep. So what I find is that when you're open, you can rotate more, mm -hmm. right? But by closing it, it already puts me into a, a more forward position for right. impact. So I don't mm -hmm. have to get back there. So yeah, but, but again, with any change, there's going to be a timing thing and I'm going behind it. Yeah. But yeah. one thing I'm trying to take from you, you too, you've been playing incredible. Your tempo has been so good. Yeah. Off the tee has been great. I, it really is feeling good. It's just I wish the rest of the game would click, you know, because the scores aren't reflecting it. <laughs> yeah, but, but your short game's been on. Short too. game's been pretty good. Been pretty good. But beat uh, me up pretty good with the short game. Yeah, yeah, it feels good. But feels good but I mean, it, it proves a good point. Your tempo's been good, right? Uh -huh. And you've been making better contact. One important takeaway that I've learned a lot from from golf is that you should only swing as fast and from a tempo standpoint or whatever as you can control it. Mm -hmm. And all of these things become a lot more controllable when you work at a, at a, a pace that your body can kind of keep up with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've been trying to slow it down a lot. And then once you start to get that, then you can start to slowly dial it up. Mm -hmm. But I, I stress the word slowly because I've done this to myself in countless rounds where I'm hitting the ball really well and I start to subconsciously I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting it well. Like, I'm just going to try to get a little more and a little more. Right. And I start to speed up yes, a little more. And then yes. all of a sudden, shank one in the woods. Exactly. You know? Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it's an important thing. But I think, yes, just focusing on these, these fundamentals will do wonders for you. And getting away from that thought, especially if you're a newer golfer, getting away from that thought that you need to swing perfectly, you know, down that target line on right. a straight, you know, square path. Uh, will help you because you you won't be as rigid in that. You'll start to get towards your natural motion. The problem is when your natural motion becomes too extenuating that you create these big hooks or big slices, then you've got to go through these tips and get through it. I like, hey, listen, it's funny when you play golf with the same person. I play all my golf with you. Yeah. I know your golf game better than mine. Right, which is why the stealing <laughs> clubs is so much fun yep, because we know what clubs to steal yeah, from each that's other. That's it. Yeah, but uh, that's everything we have for you guys this week. Like I said earlier, you can get to the show notes by going to golfissy.com slash episode 328. And as always, we always say this in the Facebook group, we've got some of your own tips, some of your own suggestions, post them there. If there's something you're struggling with, we've got a lot of really great instructors in the group now um, that have been doing a, a tremendous job of 
helping out and adding in their two cents when they see some of the swing videos. So take a swing video. Don't be shy. Throw it in the group. Everybody in the group has been awesome, super supportive. And that's, you know, we commend you guys on that because you guys are, are the ones who make the group as, as great as it is. But, um, Throw it in there, and uh, we'll start tagging some of our, our instructors, and they may be able to give you a little bit of a, a quick feedback. But And, and I always say this, a uh, disclaimer, like if you're really struggling with this, it nothing pound for pound beats some really good one-on-one advice. Go and get that lesson. Yeah, uh, And then just go back to our episode a couple of weeks ago where we said how to get more out of your lessons so that it doesn't become one of those uh, – it sticks for a little while and then it's gone. Right. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So that's everything we have. Again, thank you all for tuning in. If you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever your favorite podcast platform is and leave us a review. We love to see it. We learn a lot from uh, from hearing from you guys, what you like about the show and what you don't like. And we can uh, try to adapt as such and, and bring you guys the best possible show every week. All right. We'll see everybody again next week. Bye.